Good morning, I'm Francis Keeney and this is The Trough for Monday the 6th of March. Your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. Pauline Hansen is under pressure over her comments on Putin and vaccinations, with criticism from across the political spectrum. In a wide-ranging interview on Insiders yesterday, she questioned the benefits of vaccination, saying the government's no-jab-no-play policy was akin to a dictatorship. And when challenged by Barry Cassidy about her admiration for the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, she said Australians were looking for a Putin-style leader and questioned whether there was proof that Russia was behind the downing of flight MH17 in Ukraine. Now, both of those triggered a repudiation from Malcolm Turnbull visiting Maranoa in Queensland. He reminded Senator Hansen that 38 Australians died in the MH17 disaster and of Russia's actions in Crimea and eastern Ukraine. He also joined the chorus of criticism about her vaccination comments for reasons that probably don't need explaining here. The opposition leader Bill Shorten, the AMA, as well as almost all of the commentary in the papers this morning say her views are dangerous and wrong. Senator Hansen, when she wasn't making sensationist statements, did also drop a few hints about a number of other policy issues dogging the government at the moment. She said support for company tax cuts was not guaranteed and stressed the government wasn't prepared to consider alternatives, such as cutting the payroll tax instead. And there's also an interesting glimpse in The Australian this morning about the Senator's access to the Prime Minister. She was meeting with cane growers in Queensland just before Christmas last year when she sought to demonstrate how easy it was for her to call Mr Turnbull. She rang him up and he answered the phone himself and chatted with a number of cane growers as well. This comes as she starts a five-day blitz of Western Australia ahead of the state election this Saturday and the launch of her own brand of beer, apparently, in Queensland, according to the Courier-Mail. We'll get to the budget in a minute, but Senator Hanson also stressed she supported in principle the cut to penalty rates handed down by the Fair Work Commission. The same can't be said for some of the federal MPs in government. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has been talking up the economic benefits of the cut in penalty rates for retail and hospitality workers more than a week after the decision was handed down. He said that there was masses of evidence, quote-unquote, that more businesses would open on Sunday and that the move would lead to job creation. The Sydney Morning Herald, meanwhile, has cast doubt on this. It's citing a study conducted by Citibank. According to Sarah Martin from The Australian, a group of new government MPs elected in last year's election had drinks with the Prime Minister last week, and several of them voiced concerns about their workplace watchdogs' rulings, although others said views were mixed. The Treasurer Scott Morrison, meanwhile, told Sky News that Labor should abolish the Fair Work Commission if it wasn't happy with last month's decision to reduce penalty rates. Brendan O'Connor, the Shadow Workplace Relations Minister, says he makes no apology for Labor's stance. The Guardian says unions will meet with church and community groups this week to organise some sort of a campaign against this decision. And that Nick Xenophon thinks that Eric Abetz's idea to grandfather existing penalty rates has merit. And Scott Morrison also flagged on Sky that some kind of housing affordability plan will be unveiled in the May budget. Now, we don't have details yet about what that will entail, but according to the Australian, he's also left open the possibility of changes to the capital gains tax. 
Again, echoing what the AFR was hinting at a little while ago. And there's also just two weeks left for federal parliament to pass $13 billion of so-called zombie measures before the budget hand is handed down in May. We've got a fortnight's break before then expect some more negotiating with the crossbenchers on a number of those issues. This comes as the Victorian government promises to abolish stamp duty for first-home buyers from July this year if their house is worth under $600,000. This is a policy the New South Wales government has stopped short of endorsing and the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has told the Huffington Post today his government will help where others won't. Another budget measure under the spotlight is the efficiency dividends for security and police agencies. The Daily Telegraph has been running a few stories about this over the past week or two. There's been concerns about the $100 million planned in cuts for the AFP and ASIO, among others. It's worth noting that a bipartisan parliamentary committee a few days ago already recommended removing that efficiency dividend for those agencies. And speaking of which, according to Joe Aston from the AFR, the Director General of Australia's Foreign Intelligence Agency, ASIS, Nick Warner, wasn't able to escape, quote, the full treatment at Los Angeles Airport on his arrival to the United States last month. It follows the experience of children's author Mem Fox, who was detained for several hours en route to a conference as well. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull will hit the road soon. He's heading to Indonesia tomorrow, spending yesterday at Barcaulden inspecting solar panels. Jakarta, in fact, is probably going to be the closest he'll get to Perth before Saturday's state election. The WA Premier Colin Barnett played down Malcolm Turnbull's absence yesterday. Privately, according to the West Australian Liberal Party strategists, doubt that Mr Turnbull would help their chances. With Labor tipped to win the upcoming poll, another opinion poll for Seven West Media this time, this morning, puts Labor ahead of the coalition 54 to 46% after preferences. And we're expecting the opposition leader, Bill Shorten, to make his way west at some point this week as well. The Prime Minister's visit to Jakarta will involve attending the Indian Ocean Rim Association. Its leadership summit is going to be hosted in Indonesia. That follows President Joko Widodo's visit to Sydney last week. The conference will be focusing on maritime security, people smuggling and illegal fishing. In the meantime, on the sidelines of that, uh, we're expecting more talks about free trade. Australia has been able to secure greater access for beef and sugar exporters. And in return, Indonesia is keen for more of its nurses and tourist workers to get access to Australia. Negotiations are continuing over this free trade deal as hopes of some sort of a resolution or agreement by the end of this year. Both the Trade Minister, Steve Chobo, and the Foreign Minister, Julie Bishop, are already in Jakarta along with a business delegation. The Grattan Institute has recommended changes to the cost of pharmaceuticals, warning that Australians are paying 3.7 times more than the best international prices for a range of drugs. It says loopholes should be closed, allowing for companies to increase their prices. And while the report says prescriptions on the whole have slowly decreased over time, it could be further improvements. The report suggests $1.2 billion could have been saved over the past four years. If prices in Australia had been benchmarked against comparable countries... That's something the pharmaceutical guild, or the pharmacy guild, I should say, has hit back. And briefly making political news this morning, gun owners will be asked to surrender illicit firearms without fear of prosecution in the first gun amnesty since 1996. According to AAP, the three-month amnesty will start from July 1. It will grant immunity from prosecution, but it won't include a buyback, according to the Justice Minister Michael Keenan. Senator Nick Xenophon has launched his own party in South Australia called SA Best. 
He comes about a year before South Australians go to the polls. There's no word whether the Nick Xenophon team in federal parliament will also change its name. A federal frontbencher has raised the prospect of an intervention in New South Wales over issues surrounding Muslim students in public schools. The Australian says the state's education department is investigating a boys' school for allowing some Muslim boys to refuse to shake the hands of women at an awards ceremony. The issue has gone off on Talkback Radio and Alex Hawke, a Liberal Party power broker, has issued a threat. He's told the paper the federal government is within its rights to intervene if state governments fail to uphold, quote, basic Australian values. And from the Saturday paper on the weekend, there was also an interesting article from Karen Middleton about concerns within some senior Liberals about Mr Turnbull's decision-making. Several of them have told them to be more careful who he gets his advice from. Nothing from Bill Shorten or Malcolm Turnbull at this stage. That could change. There are some Senate committee hearings into the future of the aged care workforce today, as well as the ABC's delivery of services to rural and regional Australia. The weather for today, it should be mostly sunny in Canberra, chasing a top of 27 degrees. I'm Francis Keeney, and thanks for your company this morning. Hit subscribe on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also access this on a number of different podcast apps. To get details, visit the website, thetrough.com.au. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you tomorrow.